Hello everyone, welcome to the Defiant podcast. The internet of money is being built with blockchain technology and without banks. We call it DeFi, short for decentralized finance. And this is where you can hear the builders and users of this cutting edge world tell their stories firsthand. I'm your host, Camila Russo. In this episode, I interview my EtherWallet founder and CEO, Kosala Hemachandra. As the head of one of the most popular Ethereum interfaces, he has a unique perspective on how the global pandemic has impacted activity. He also shared how coronavirus has disrupted his own life and talks about what it's like to run a company from the bedroom at his family's home in Sri Lanka on opposite time zones as the rest of his team. He also talks about how crypto was built for crises, about the importance of building a decentralized product and what he believes the future of digital wallets will look like. Lastly, he told me about Mew's next big project, ADEX, but let's start from the beginning. Thank you so much for coming on, on the podcast and newsletter. Super excited to have you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, um, third episode. So first of all, I wanted for you to introduce yourself and give a brief overview of, of my Ether wallet and then we can get deeper into it. And then I want to ask you about how you're living this crisis because I, I know it's been particularly difficult or uh, interesting, I guess, for you. So um, yeah. before we get into that, uh, I, I'll let you introduce yourself and my Ether wallet. Okay. Hi, I'm uh, Kusala Hemachandra. I'm the founder and CEO of Myether Wallet. Myether Wallet is an Ethereum, uh, Ethereum interface for transacting and uh, doing actions uh, that's, that are related to DeFi, uh, which is decentralized finance in, in Ethereum. And then we also uh, have an educational platform and uh, mobile apps that are mainly uh, available for everyone, meant for uh, normal users and newcomers to onboard in Ethereum. Awesome. Okay, so first of all, uh, Kosala, where are you right now? Where where are you taking this call? Yeah, that's a good question. (laughs) Um, Right now, I'm currently in Sri Lanka. Yeah, so that's where I'm originally from. Mm -hmm. And in 2009, I uh, migrated for Imikria, migrated to US. Ever since then, I was uh, coming back and forth uh, once a year. Mm-hmm. And then this time it has been pretty interesting. So I decided, okay, since like the last week of December is mm-hmm. usually off or like you have to work remotely um, since it's the Christmas week and then, you know, the New Year week and uh, all that. So um, we don't have to, we have like too many holidays in the last week. So we decided to uh, make the whole new team work from home and take the days off on holidays. And then, so what happened? And then I decided, okay, maybe this is a good time for me to visit Sri Lanka and then uh, spend the new year in Sri Lanka with my mom. And then, um, so I left US in December. My plan was to come back after two weeks. So as we like got into mid-January, this whole like situation started to get a little worse Mm -hmm. uh, or more bad than that it used to be. Like it started like, going into other countries and all that. And then I'm like, okay, maybe it's, uh, it's time for me to wait another week and see how it goes. Right. And 
hopefully, yeah, they'll have it under control. Of course, they're going to have it under control. <laughs> and then I waited one more week and then it only got worse. From that point, like onwards, it got worse and worse. Uh-huh. And right now, um, like, and then Sri Lanka went into complete lockdown. So it has been like almost a month, uh-huh. month now when um, Sri Lanka was suddenly like, okay, in like two days, day after tomorrow, we are going to go to full lockdown. So mm-hmm. no more businesses, people cannot leave their house, um, airports are closed, no postal services. And for like a week uh, after the lockdown, like we didn't even have any delivery services. Like we had to buy everything, like enough stuff, mm-hmm. enough food, groceries, essential things uh, within two days. That's all oh. the time that we had. And so, so you've been what, like stuck um, at home, like at your parents' house all this time, like not not yeah. able to basically go anywhere. <laughs> exactly, like wow. for a past month, I'm pretty much staying inside, like my room, and then my whole team is in US, right? So they're working remotely as well. <laughs> but yeah, I am um, handling and managing the whole team from Sri Lanka, and. And don't even get me started on like the time zone issues. Oh my God. How has that been? Like, first of all, like just like being forced to manage a a team remotely and on different time zones and all the other constraints that a lockdown has. Like what's, what's this experience been like? Like, are you working through, through the night and sleeping during the day? Like, (laughs) yeah, pretty much. So it's it actually started off being like, okay, so the time difference uh, between US, like um, I, our office and the team is based in LA. So between like LA time and Sri Lankan time, is time, time difference is 30 minutes. And then you have to change the uh, AM to PM or PM to AM, right? Oh my God. So I know. So it's, it's like, like completely it's, opposite almost. Completely opposite. That's exactly. Crazy. <laughs> yeah, so I was initially when it first started, I'm like, okay, like oh, this is only gonna continue for a couple of days. So I'm just gonna mm-hmm. stay up until like midnight every mm-hmm. every day, so that I can uh, meet. I mean, yeah, midnight. So I am up until like 11:30 a.m. Uh, LA time, mm-hmm. and and then I like make sure everyone like everything gets done that needs to be done, and and then during the day I'll work uh, as much as I can. Mm-hmm. But then, like, slowly that time started going towards, like, the morning. Now, mm-hmm. I yesterday, I actually went to sleep around 7.30 a.m. Sri Lankan time. Oh, my God. So, so you were up all night. All night. Yeah. <laughs> so, Crazy. yeah, that's the, that's the situation. And, uh, but, hey, like, it works. I'm, and the good thing is I'm a night owl. So okay. I'm actually okay, like staying up late and like staying through the night. Would you consider uh, doing this, you know, having a, a, a like more distributed and remote based team after this, this crisis is over? Um, so one big thing that everyone or like, at least in, in our situation that we are missing mm-hmm. is physical contact. So mm-hmm. Yes, we can have ton of video conferencing or like ton of uh, like virtual activities or but not but like that physical presence. I think I don't think humans were made for uh, not having physical presence of another human being for mm-hmm. this long. But like yeah. we are definitely learning how to do that. Mm. But like being in the, in the, in the same area or like same location, you get to connect with your team in a, 
in in more like an emotional level you get to mm -hmm. know about them and they get to know about you mm -hmm. so that's what i'm missing or like our team is missing right now but like we try to be in touch with everyone every day like to have calls or video conferencing mm -hmm. um but uh to answer your question as long as there's a day or like there's a a month that the whole team can get together and like work in one place i think that this whole remote uh, working remotely or virtually uh, can work out in long run i also wanted to ask you if you've seen any change in how people are using ethereum applications or um you know if they're transacting in in in, in different ways during the, this time like have you seen any any change in either you know volumes or uh, how people are, are are using ethereum dapps or any other kind of uh, interesting trends in my ether wallet yeah that's uh, definitely that's something that we noticed in the past mm -hmm. like within the past couple of weeks our volumes actually doubled or tripled over the last um, two to three weeks so wow. that means like volume in transactions yeah and like swaps and uh, integrations i mean swaps and uh, exchanges mm -hmm. so uh, that's that means that people are using uh, ethereum and actually doing um, things in ethereum and yesterday uh, or today i'm not like actually yeah it, it's I hard to keep track the time. of time i read that ethereum um, the volume, like the USD equivalent amount, is actually um, going above um, Bitcoin. So Ethereum only took so the amount of transactions, uh, transactions volume in USD uh, compared to Bitcoin is is more than that in Ethereum. So mm. it only took 4.5 years for Ethereum to overtake the transaction volume in. Uh, in Bitcoin, so and yeah. Bitcoin took eleven years. So that's that's actually a good sign that mm -hmm. people are getting into DeFi and Ethereum and like using all this. And and I'm pretty sure you're aware, like the the DeFi ecosystem grew by eight hundred percent over the uh, past year. Mm -hmm. So which is amazing. So that's yeah. a that's that's a good sign. For sure. Um, no, it, it's huge that. Ethereum has been able to overtake Bitcoin on this metric, and interesting yeah. that you're you're seeing it yourself on 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 my Ether wallet. So can you can you go um, you know a little bit into more more detail into specifically you know how how much volume you're seeing um, and and where is that volume like concentrating? Like what are people doing the most? So. Um one thing that we we don't have individual analytics so we don't track mm -hmm. any of the users or any specific activities in in what the users do mm -hmm. so we have aggregate results on like how what number of visitors that um that gets into uh, my ETH wallet and what countries and what kind of transactions or so, like we can we can detect from our commission that we get from swaps that like how many transactions were done mm -hmm. and what and then what was the volume so that like those volumes uh all over so there's no like i cannot give you any specific data because i honestly don't have it mm -hmm. uh but the the volume through exchanging from like uh erc20 tokens like swapping from one token to another or uh coming in from bitcoin to eth or like going from eth to bitcoin 
So all these, uh, the volume, this volume, uh, actually, it's close to tripling over the past like a month or so. So which is um, which is really good, like which is really great. That just means people are using um, Ethereum in this like difficult time, and people are uh, being more active inside. Great, and so can you and can you differentiate between what's um, you know just you know trading tokens from what people are using Ethereum applications, or not really? Um, no, that's also not something because uh, we have DEX integration. So mm -hmm. that's inter or like talking with the DEX or like transacting in a DEX, also a transaction that's happening in Ethereum. Right. So okay. um, yeah, it's not, it's not that easy to differentiate both of them. Okay, makes sense. And can you say the dollar amount? Of, um, of no, that's not something. <laughs> that's not something. <laughs> okay, no worries. Um, I had to ask, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> All right. Um, okay. And, and so, why do you think this is happening? That there's this increase in volume. Um, when you think about it, not just I'm not talking just about Ethereum. I'm talking about like crypto in general. Mm -hmm. Crypto is made for situations like this. Mm -hmm. Like it's not controlled by governments. So like if you if you compare crypto against the stock market, like stock market is fluctuating, and um, volatile i think even more than crypto right now mm -hmm. that no one can predict whether it's gonna like not no one can like decide okay whether to invest or to like take their money out and and crypto is not being affected by it because like as stock markets like all most of the businesses are closed and most of like the other productivity and like all that is going down so mm -hmm. uh, stock markets and like foreign money exchanges and U.S. just created four trillion dollars mm. of money out of nowhere. That's an insane amount of money, and that doesn't happen in crypto. You know, like mm -hmm. crypto is all deterministic. They know exactly how much it's gonna like the inflation rate uh, of crypto, and then no one can just like come up with something and be like, okay, we're just gonna create hundred thousand more ETH. That's mm -hmm. never gonna happen. Right. So um, right now, what I feel like is money as in like fiat money is losing its value, especially in this situation. So mm. um, versus crypto is holding it steady. Like, right. yeah, we don't see uh, like a huge increase in like the crypto pricing or like a huge decrease, but it's been stable like for the past month or like two months, it's been really mm. stable um, value um, in, in, in general right. compared to like what's happening or like the money being printed outside of uh, crypto like the fiat money so or at least if yeah more important issue. yeah yeah and yeah i was gonna say you know even even if it's it, it has seen obviously it's it's huge drops um and crashes you know especially last month but at least like you say it's um a completely separate system from fiat currencies and government-backed uh, currency. So, so you get an asset that's uncorrelated with, you know, the tra traditional financial securities, whether it goes up and down, at least you know that, okay, it's not being affected by all these central banks, uh, monetary policies and government bailouts and, you know, just like the, the stock market going down because um, people are, you know, staying indoors and, and not buying stuff. So yeah, it's, it's interesting that it's, it's, Right now is when you can really get that um, value of like a completely uncorrelated 
asset class. So, so you think that's what's impacting uh, that increase in, in, in volumes? Exactly. Yeah, I totally believe in that. So that's, uh, I think that's, that's uh, definitely affecting the, the volume increase in, uh, in Ethereum and, and other uh, crypto platforms. No, oh, that's super interesting. And um, what are your thoughts on, on um, DeFi specifically and how um, it can be leveraged in, in this situation? Because, yeah, we talked about kind of putting um, maybe, you know, like trusting this trustless financial system that's uncorrelated uh, with Bitcoin and Ether. But what about these um, financial... Um, applications on on Ethereum and and maybe other blockchains. Like, how, how do you think people can can leverage these DApps? So, um, yeah, it's just um, people who are already using it, or like mm -hmm. um, um, using or already who people who already have the knowledge to use it. Uh, I think um, are already using it, but like getting mm -hmm. new users to these platforms are, is the key. Mm -hmm. So which is a little bit difficult because uh, right now um, it's not easy for m most of the people or like uh, newcomers to understand completely like exactly how these DeFi systems work. Yeah. So especially like understanding like owning your own key or owning your own wallet, uh, like the securities side of things. Mm -hmm. And um, and like and and most of them require you to have some sort of or at least like basic minimal knowledge in trading. Like yeah. a lot of these keywords that they use are related to trading. And if you are not familiar with them, you'll be like, "What am I doing here? It's just mm -hmm. too complicated. I'm just gonna leave." So um, that's that's going to grow slowly. So it's not something that I don't think this situation is actually going to force people to uh, learn that or like understand that. Mm. Um, it's something that, inc it, it'll be something that increased gradually because um, we, we still have a lot to do like from uh, understanding the user experience and creating proper UI to, um, uh, to facilitate that experience or like facilitate these um, DeFi dApps um, mm. so that it's easy for the newcomers, like it's easy for, someone who has dollars right now with them to enter into Ethereum and like uh, invest in like Maker and like get a stable coin like DAI or something. Mm -hmm. So that's not, we ha still have to get to that point. And then my wallet is also doing like a lot of things in this area, try to make the user experience better via uh, like user interface. So we've integrated multiple uh, dApps in the past that like we have complete like make a DAO integration. And then we recently integrated Aave, the lending protocol. So um, we have all these going as well. So um, hopefully that will be helpful uh, to facilitate or like improve the, the, the amount of increase in new people coming in and who can use DeFi systems in Ethereum. Yeah, no, that's a great point. Um... I think, yeah, um, it, maybe, you know, people who are already using Ethereum will be prompted to, to use uh, DeFi apps, but it's hard to get new people in because they are, the barrier is, is pretty high. You know, you have to learn yeah. all these new concepts and all these new things, um, which, you know, look pretty strange for someone who's, you know, never 
uh, seen uh, MetaMask <laughs> to have like Ex all these pop ups exactly. suddenly, for example, or like pay gas. Like, what is that? <laughs> it is exactly. kind of weird. Um, so, so what are kind of the the main things you think still need to change to get to that mainstream user? And and you know how how is uh, my Ether wallet trying to um, implement these like changes? Yeah. So um, definitely, like in order to get to mainstream users, we have to get rid of a lot of these, you know, new terms and new, um, like, like understand new, just like trying to, instead of trying to force the users with these new concepts, we have mm -hmm. to understand it from a perspective of what they're already used to. Mm -hmm. So um, that's something that we did recently with our mobile app, which we released in the wallet uh, uh, three weeks ago. Mm -hmm. which already like we are about to hit hundred thousand downloads on that like hundred thousand users but wow. it's yeah it's something that we understood or we wanted to work on it's just the simplicity right so people are already used to uh, using their bank account or like uh, transacting using their phone um, in like for example apps like Venmo exists and every bank has their own app and mm -hmm. like even PayPal has their own app. So people are used to using these apps. So we uh, use that concept and we were like, and then 98% of the developing countries already have smartphones. Mm -hmm. um, so we wanted to get to that. Like we want to get new users to use Ethereum or like onboard new users. So um, simplifying or like making them understand this process this complicated process in um, in their terms is the key. Mm -hmm. So that's what we try to do with uh, our new wallet uh, recently that we released. So um, so far, we are getting good good reviews, like good feedback from users, and I'm really glad it's working out that way. And we are, we we are always in like we always want user feedback to improve our system and the whole like suite of products that we have. So one way of doing that, especially since we don't track data. So if anyone have any feedback on how to improve, like please feel free to reach out and then we'll be like more than happy uh, to, to get their perspective and understand how they think and then improve our flow to uh, accommodate that. Mm -hmm. so, so the main thing um, for you is to, bring Ethereum and dApps to users in, in terms that they're already used to, to seeing and, and using. Like for example, just like a mobile app that looks like uh, any other kind of FinTech app, like bank exactly. app, right? Yeah, um, yeah. And, and in your case, in Muse case, like is, is, it, um, is it still a, a like non-custodial uh, wallet like are, are 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 people holding their own their own keys or, or do you yeah. store that for for them no we actually we strongly believe in like non-custodial aspect of this whole decentralization mm -hmm. um, i think that's that's the key right like mm -hmm. if if someone is controlling it it's just another uh fintech app mm -hmm. so it's just another bank we never want to be in that position so that's one point like saving your key is like you're trying to bring their knowledge and make sure they understand, okay, this is the key that you have to save, you have to have in order mm -hmm. to access your wallet. So we try to like do our best to make them understand that. 
-hmm. and then after that everything is just just flows so we they can transact they can send transactions it looks like your um phone book app so you can just select whoever you want to send out to and so it's just uh the the simplicity and i'm hoping we can keep improve that keep improving that and and make it even better awesome so so no like long ethereum addresses or anything just like readable names to send readable like. names names and like uh ens integration is another good example mm -hmm. that we already have on my web and we'll put it over to the uh, app as well mm -hmm. and all these are like everything in ethereum is headed in a good way like headed towards uh, a more simplistic way of accessing it Right. So we want to facilitate every single feature that Ethereum can offer. Do you have um, like a, a good like recovery uh, mechanism for for people who uh, lose their their uh, password and, and and key phrase? Because I think that's kind of the the, the tough thing to to get uh, you know people to to do. Yeah. So there are definitely like new concepts out there that has like social recovery mm -hmm. where you can give like partial keys to your friends um mm -hmm. and, or like have like partially have like part of your privacy on a server and then have the rest of your privacy with you all these things but like none of them are field tested mm -hmm. or like used by enough people so that's why we thought of like sticking with the standard that's been tested by like millions of I mean, oh yeah, millions of different of like different lines of code, and like multiple like thousands of projects. So uh, we are we are sticking with the mnemonic phrase that like a lot of people are already used to. It's just twelve different words or twenty four different words that you have to write down, and that's all you have to write down. It's like words that are readable to anyone, and right. anyone is like anyone who can understand. Um, or like no English can uh, write these words down and and recover like their wallet in case if they lose it or if they lose their phone or anything. On top of that, we also have direct integration with like new web. So in case if like per people a per person wants to do more than what they like more than the simplistic approach, or they can always like connect their wallet with the new web which doesn't even like it'll create a peer to peer connection. So the new website won't even ask you for any of the keys. Mm -hmm. So you don't have to, it's like a super simple login system that uh, anyone can use as long as they have the app and then they can use every single feature that new uh, web can offer. Oh, okay. Awesome. And yeah. what do you think of, of um, insurance mechanisms for, for, for people's funds? Yeah, there are, you know, some efforts to, to make it easier for, for people to secure their, their, their funds. And I think some, some wallets are considering integrating these solutions. Um, I think Nexus Mutual is like the, the, the main one. I wanted to get your, your thoughts on that because I think that would make maybe a mainstream user more, um, like, feel safer when using crypto, which, you know, some people might find a little bit scary. Yeah, no, I totally agree because mm -hmm. uh, it is scary. Mm -hmm. uh, so we are doing everything like, like I said, like even Nexus Mutual. Or that's I, I'm not familiar with them, but that's mm -hmm. definitely something I'll be looking up after uh, this. And awesome. um, we have to do everything, not just me, right? Like mm -hmm. in crypto, anyone who is a developer, we have to do everything possible 
to make sure users' funds are safe. Or like yeah. if there's an insurance, that's the best case scenario. So yeah. in case even if they do something wrong or like they they you yeah, know like people do mistakes. We are all mm -hmm. human beings. Yeah. So if there was a mistake and we don't want people to lose all of their funds. So mm -hmm. anything that can help the users, uh, we are like at new, we are always ready to implement that. Yeah. I, I wanted to go back to, you know, um, what you, you said about um, private keys and, and how for you kind of the most important thing about um, Ethereum apps and, you know, blockchain apps is to have, uh, users own, you know, hold their own, uh, their own keys. Um, yeah. I, I agree. I think, you know, it, it's, it's what's so important about, about this technology. You know, it, it puts users and individuals in control, but what, what do you, what do you think? Um, I mean, the, the question I have is, will most people agree, you know, like, do, do most people think like will the mainstream user think it, it's important um and, and since you know that's that's something that's that's key to my ether wallet i don't know wanted to get your your views on that like will it be important for for mainstream users that they control their their own funds uh will it take like maybe a major economic meltdown for, for people to care um do you think it's just a matter of making it easier for them to to use these applications like I don't know that's like a like a big overarching question I have for like the long-term um, potential of like blockchain technology adoption like do people even yeah. care you know yeah yeah no that's a good question so I kind of have to go back to the point that I made before that okay we are going to use what people are already familiar with to uh, create apps or make it simple right Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, this is like the one point that we cannot change or like um, because especially because people are already used to, okay, if they cannot access their account, they're used to calling their bank mm -hmm. and then and there will be someone who can help them out and be like, okay, this is what you have to do or you have to reset your password and people are like already uh, in great that this, this whole idea of, okay, I can call someone, I can call customer support and ask them how I can recover my account is engraved in their head because that's mm -hmm. what they've been taught since they were kids, right? Like this is, this is the norm, this is how everything works. But unfortunately, like that's not the same situation in crypto mm -hmm. because we are trying to change the mindset of, uh, of the people or the users and make them understand you own your private keys or you own your wallet. Mm -hmm. but to agree with you, there might be a subsection of the users, like subsection where people might still be okay with uh, like a crypto project uh, handling their funds for them as long as they can trust that project and be like, okay, um, I, I trust you. So uh, you should be able to, you definitely know more than me about these crypto like concept. So you should be able to, uh, hold my keys or like make my funds safe. Mm -hmm. um, I, I see that happening. It, it happens now as well. Mm -hmm. Like some of the central uh, centralized exchanges do that, but it just breaks the whole purpose of blockchain. Right. You know, like the, the, the 
crypto or decentralization, which mm-hmm. I am not okay with. Right. So no. it's um it's yeah it's it's there we have to find the find the line in between. And there are also projects that claims they're decentralized, but they're not. It's mm-hmm. it's like they hold the keys for you. They have the control of your funds, and they can stop put a stop on like all your transactions. Mm-hmm. So the moment that that happens, it's not. I don't know how they can call themselves like decentralized. So yeah, um, it's yeah. A, it's a fine line. Mm-hmm. It's not something that will be easy. Like that's why I say like we are still on like probably like step one of this big staircase, and it'll be a gradual growth. Mm-hmm. We cannot expect people to just jump in and be like, oh my gosh, this is like the best thing ever. <laughs> and yeah. Yeah, that's not. I don't think that'll happen unless, like you said, there's like a big economic, like economic crisis, and mm-hmm. and this is like the only solution. You know, All then right. they'll be like, oh, yeah, we have to get it. So, mm-hmm. but um, but it, I don't want that to happen at, at mm-hmm. the same time because mm-hmm. um, that'll make a lot of people lose a lot of money. Yeah, because everyone is in a crisis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. Obviously. Um, yeah, it, it's always kind of appalling to me when, you know, especially, you know, you get on crypto Twitter and you see people almost like hoping for an economic collapse so that Bitcoin can, you know, go, right? go to the moon yeah. or something. Um, yeah. yeah, no, that, no, that's terrible. So, yeah. okay, so I, I agree with you that it'll probably require, require a more gradual approach where there's just like a, a mindset change like people yeah. um, realize okay it's you know if, if I need, want to be in control of my information my data and my funds then I need to take responsibility of, of my account like I, I can't call my bank and and tell them to solve things because like I, I'm in control and that's a good I'm thing in control. Yeah. yeah yeah I agree okay and then to to wrap up I, I want to ask you um, about your view more long term for um, for a digital wallets in in DeFi and Ethereum and just uh, blockchain in general. Uh, one interesting uh, theory that I've seen is that wallets will become kind of like the browsers of the this like internet of value, where they'll be kind of the gateways where people access the, their different. DeFi apps and, and, and just like regular um, dApps. Um, I don't know if you agree with that or if you have like another uh, view of what the place for digital wallets will, will be. Yeah, so that's a, yeah, that's an interesting question because I can see that already happening, right? Like mm. uh, projects like Brave already has a, a wallet, like a digital wallet in Brave, like, mm-hmm. uh, like integrated with the, with the browser itself. And people can go to these different dApps, and it'll automatically connect, and uh, and you can use them. But like my question is, um, is that going to be like is that going to be enough? Like, or do we have to do more than that to make people use these dApps? You know, like we don't want to have a browser or like a wallet service that will let you um, browse through different dApps and then like let them connect to those dApps and. But like, if the user doesn't know what they're supposed to do, um, then it's not like it's not going to go anywhere. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we, it's a, it's a, it's a fine line that we have to figure out. Like, what's the where where do we have to 
have the wallet service. I totally agree with you. There will be a connection protocol where it can be a browser, it can be a phone, it can be like nowadays, like a lot of phone uh, companies are already integrating a blockchain wallet into their phone, like uh, HTC done that, mm-hmm. Samsung did that. Um, so it it'll there will be a connection, like a digital wallet uh, might not be actually like, uh, it'll be digital, but like it might be in, in, in the future, it might be part of your phone or mm. it might be part of uh, like your fingerprint or like, something that's biometric Mm -hmm. so uh it's it'll we have to wait it out we have to see like what people will be used to or be more like familiar with it Mm -hmm. and then figure out like okay this is this is where we should integrate this this like wallet service so this is how we should integrate it at the same time i think education is like one major obstacle and that's that's what we also have to overcome as we grow on like wallet service side. Mm. Um, that said, I think mobile will, to be honest, like mobile will be the future. Like mo- like a lot of people will get into Ethereum and like browse through dApps and use these uh, dApps in the future using their phone, yeah. which might or might not already have a hardware wallet integrated. Mm-hmm. Okay, makes sense. So, so, um, so, y- you don't think it will necessarily be through through the wallet itself that people access the these tabs, but it, it the wallet will just be kind of um, just part of the infrastructure of of the phone and, and and it's just maybe in the background and and people use it yeah. to like make payments and uh, and maybe trade tokens or whatever. Exactly, it'll yeah. be it'll be it'll definitely be like part of it'll be a separate part. Mm-hmm. that can talk directly to all these different types of like it can be dApps it can be browsers it can be just simple like sending transactions mm-hmm. so it'll be a universal wallet that can talk directly to these different types of services okay makes sense and to you is there space for for many wallets or um do you think it'll be more like like a winner t- takes all situation like like where do you stand with with your uh, competitors in, in this in this sense yeah so um, we like my the wallet is like in an interesting position in that case because we are not like yet we are a wallet interface mm. so we don't wallets are generated somewhere else right like so we create we create the interface on how to access it how mm-hmm. to use it how to like sign using that like the actual private keys and all that so um, it really like doesn't matter what kind of wallet they'll use like we'll always be there as the interface for the for that type of wallet so it's it's similar to like what samsung did right so they came Mm -hmm. up with their blockchain um wallet like inside their phone and then we partnered with them and then our wallet also support the new wallet app that i talked before uh also support direct communication with that blockchain enclave the secure enclave uh, that samsung phone has Mm -hmm. so we don't have to know your private keys like mm-hmm. we can talk with any of them. That's why I think like the wallet will, wallet service or like actual wallet generation will be uh, uh, like something universal. But mm-hmm. that said, I don't think there will be one wallet generation service or one wallet interface because mm-hmm. it's totally up to the users to understand, okay, like, oh, pick whatever you want. Like, you know, like right. same as banking structure. It mm-hmm. doesn't, like, it, there's no just one bank. Yeah. There are multiple banks. 
and different banks can provide different services or so different interest rates and different um, advantages for the users. So uh, I think, yeah, I think it'll continue just like that way. And, mm -hmm. and again, like with the decentralization concept, there shouldn't be, there, well, there should not be one service at all. Like it, there should always be multiple services because people should have the choice of choosing uh, whatever the platform they want. So the competition is actually a good thing in this space. Yeah, no, no, I totally agree. Um, it, it's it's always better and, and keeps people innovating. Um, yeah. Awesome. And then to, to last question uh, to finish up is what should um, users expect from from you in you know the coming months? Like anything um, exciting that you're working on? New features, integrations. So um, we, yeah, uh, like really good new feature will be coming to our mobile app, which is the uh, Dex platform. So you'll be able to uh, swap directly uh, inside your phone. So you can trade or like swap with between different ERC20 tokens, um, which will be, it'll be coming up pretty soon. And uh, from our, our other projects, I would like to say, uh, if you would like to know more about Ethereum, or like educate yourself, um, we have our uh, blog platform, which is mutopia.com. And we update it like on a daily basis or like at least there will be a couple of posts every week. Mm -hmm. So uh, to let users know, okay, what's new and like how to safeguard or like how to use these new features and all that. And um, that I think like those are the, uh, and, and new web is always like there will be a new feature released every week. So we have a release every Wednesday and then we try to come up with a new feature every, like every week. So, wow. Um, so, <laughs> that sounds yeah, like a lot of work. <laughs> it is. And, and, and we like the whole team enjoys doing that too. Mm -hmm. And just, yeah, just follow us and like, uh, feel free to chime in and like, let us know what you think. Or mm -hmm. if you don't like something, and we are always ready to get negative feedback as well as possible. Feedback. Okay, yeah, sounds good. Um, great, I've really enjoyed this conversation, Kosala. Thank you so much. Same here. Thank you so much, Kimola. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to the Defiant Podcast. I'll continue to interview all the major founders and influencers in this emerging space. When DeFi eats the world, you can say you heard them here first. Tune in next week.